All right. Well, there's the time for my introduction. So you know how a speaker comes up and they give an amazing introduction and you're really drawn in and can't wait? Pretend like I just did that, all right? I didn't. Okay. Good morning. Uh, Nick, thanks to Nick. Nick spoke last week. How did Nick do? Awesome. Uh, Nick sp spoke last week and his sort of theme verse was Jeremiah 29, 13. The Lord says, if you seek me, you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. And so he talked about how he sought God and God found him. This morning we want to talk about the way that God too is a seeker. And the text that we're going to is kind of a description of God's uh, uh, search and rescue mission. It's from Ezekiel chapter 34. So if you have a Bible or an app with a Bible, um, or you need a Bible up here, open that up. Ezekiel chapter 34, and we'll be focusing on verses 15 and 16. Ezekiel 34, uh, go to the Psalms, middle of the Bible, and take a right, skip a few books, and you'll hit Ezekiel. All right. Um, in the first 32 chapters of Ezekiel, if you want to have your quiet time there, uh, there's a lot of judgment there's a lot of proclamation against. There's a lot of condemnation of sin. God's telling his people, hey, you're going the wrong way. I, I want you to come back. Um, finally, in Ezekiel 34, 33, 34, Ezekiel the prophet and God speaking through him turns to hope. So we're going to be in the hopeful part of Ezekiel starting in uh, 34. Ezekiel 34 is addressed to those people of God that are in the exile in Babylon. So they've been sent away from their homeland. They're basically captives. They're, they're slaves. They've been released from their homeland, and they're living like foreigners, not even refugees that might be cared for, but foreigners and slaves. And the promise that God gives through Ezekiel is that unlike the leaders of Israel at that time who were not known to be caring and not known to be just, that God, God himself, it actually says, I, I myself would do the caring part for, for his people. He would be the shepherd. He would come and care for them, to go after them, to bring them back, to heal them, and to strengthen them. God said, I will bring you back safely from exile. So this passage, Ezekiel 34, has a big historical and sort of eternal significance. This is God's word to the people of Israel and the people of God eschatologically, that means even in the end. This is what God's going to do. But it also reveals the heart of God for every person at any time. So it reveals God's heart for us. As Jesus frequently says, you know, you're my sheep. Psalm 100, Psalm 95, throughout the Old Testament and New, we realize that we are the flock of God. He cares for us. And this scripture reveals in his heart and intention to care for us. So we're going to start Ezekiel 34, 15, and 16. You know, because their leaders weren't serving with love or ruling with justice, God says this through Ezekiel. Why don't you stand and listen to God's word for us this morning. Ezekiel 34, 15, and 16. I myself, says God, will tend my sheep and make them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. But the sleek and the strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. God, would you, uh, by your Holy Spirit, 
who inspired this word, would you bring it to fruition in our own lives? Would you, Holy Spirit, come and help us to see where we are? More than us, God, help us to see you, the shepherd king, and respond to your call. Amen. You can be seated. So um, this image of the shepherd king, I don't know if you've heard that before, but this image of the shepherd king, it would have been very well known in the ancient Near East. The idea that there is a ruler and that that ruler cares for the people. So there's loving care and justice, but there's also the rule, the king who gets to say what is and what isn't and, uh, and rules people with justice. The problem was at that time, there weren't a lot of good examples of a human shepherd king. Israel was scattered in exile, and because of their own sin and the poor leadership of their shepherds, they were in desperate need. They needed a shepherd king, one that would lead with love and rule with justice. So this is 500 years after King David. So these people in exile have heard of David. They know that there was this shepherd boy who became a king. They know that there was this one who uh, played both roles. And in just a few chapters, Ezekiel 37, God will speak through Israel or through uh, Ezekiel and he will promise that there is another David coming who would love his people and care for his people. He's prophesying the Messiah. He's telling them that Jesus is coming. So in a way, you know, we're stepping into Advent this next Sunday. And in a way, we are in that waiting mode in Ezekiel 34, waiting for the king to come waiting for the one that will lay down his life in love and then beat death and rule with justice, now in our lives and forever. So this promise speaks to our need. So Ezekiel's saying, you know, here's what God's going to do. He's going to seek the lost. God's going to bring back the strays. God's, God's going to bind up the injured or the wounded. And God's going to strengthen the weak. And my guess is that every one of us can find ourselves somewhere in those categories. That, that every one of us either has been or is in one of those places. So this is the heart of God to us. The question is, as we respond to God, how does he care for us in the spaces and the places that we find ourselves throughout our lives? So let's just take a minute on the heart of the shepherd king. If you read the first few uh, verses of Ezekiel 34, it's a strong condemnation against the shepherds. It's, uh, it'll really get you, especially if you're a pastor, a.k.a. a shepherd. And he speaks against the shepherds. And he says, you haven't cared for the flock. You haven't gone after the lost. You haven't brought back the strays. You haven't bound up the broken. You haven't strengthened the weak. In, in, in fact, you're making yourself fat on, the, on the, what should be given to the people. So that's a tough one. And the heart of the shepherd king towards the oppressor is judgment. It's accountability. It's a call to repentance. It's, uh, it's an acknowledgement that when I give gifts to people uh, to whom much is given, much will be required. I, I don't mean to throw judgment and guilt and condemnation, but this is an invitation to something different for those called by God to lead. It hits me. And it hits me personally. This is also God's heart towards the oppressed. 
And God's heart towards the oppressed is compassion. Always compassion. Uh, just a minute here. Not sympathy. I feel with you. Oh, isn't that bad for you? Not pity. That's horrible. I hope nothing bad happens. But compassion, which means I see, I love, and I'm moved to action. Compassion is a feeling deep that God gives, a recognition of pain and hurt that's moved to action. So we can talk about caring for the poor all day long. That's a good thing. Our, in, our missional food pantry feels compassion. And they go out there a couple times a month and they give away to the poor. They touch them. They pray for them. They tell them about the shepherd king, the Messiah. God knows, he sees, he loves, and he loves so much that he's moved to action. You know, the coming of Jesus is God's movement in compassion. Seeing and loving us so much that he reveals himself in his son and then lays down his life. That's the shepherd king. Now, what's the need of the sheep? If you're a human, raise your hand. Okay, turns out we're all sheep. <laughs> Not necessarily a nice thing to say to a human, by the way, if you've ever been around a sheep, but we won't go into that. Where do we find ourselves? Ezekiel, God speaking through Ezekiel says, I'll give you some categories. Maybe you're lost. Maybe you've strayed. Maybe you're wounded. Maybe you're weak. So let's look at those. The lost. According to God, the lost just simply need to be sought and found. Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us were lost at one time. Probably there are some in this room who are lost right now. They haven't met Jesus, the good shepherd. Regardless of where you might be in your church attendance and your beliefs, you haven't had a one-on-one -on -one encounter with Jesus and be touched and have been touched by compassion. Maybe today you're lost in sin or in pain. Everyone who has been found knows what that feels like. No judgment, but an invitation to meet the shepherd. Here's the good news for the lost. Luke 19.10 says, The Son of Man, Jesus, came to seek and to save the lost. A primary aspect of the mission of Jesus was to go after the lost. So if you're lost this morning, hear the voice of the shepherd king who says, as Jesus said in Matthew, come to me because I will receive you and I will give you rest. That's the heart of the shepherd king. And the response to that for the lost, I don't think it's complicated. Jesus, I'm lost. <laughs> come find me and save me. The second group of people Ezekiel talks to and God uh, commits himself to are the strays. The strays just need to be brought back. Maybe this morning you're the prodigal son or the prodigal daughter. If you're not, you know one. Here's the good news for the strays. Those who have run away from God, who are hiding somewhere in pain, God speaks through another prophet in the same century as Ezekiel, Zechariah, verse one, uh, chapter 1, verse 3. This is God. Return to me, declares the Lord, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. 
if you're strayed, if you're running, if you feel it and you know it and you're scared, the word of the Lord to you this morning is return to me, God says, and I will return to you. I will be with you. You know that, that image of the prodigal son in the Gospels, Luke 15, where the son goes away and spends the inheritance and all the bad things and then realizes he's, he's eating pig food and he turns around not necessarily of his own accord, but the Lord speaks, I think, to him and helps him acknowledge where he is and accept his strayedness. And he runs back and the father runs to him with open arms and doesn't condemn him, he celebrates him. My son who was lost now is found. So hear the voice of your shepherd king this morning from any place that you might be running or might be hiding. The Lord says this, return to me. Come back and I will accept you with joy, with open arms, with loving care. In the response to that cry from the shepherd, Jesus, I've run away. I've turned from you. I've been hiding in my rebellion, in my sin. I've been afraid to come to you. Jesus, bring me back. I have to believe that Jesus loves that prayer. If we can see where we are, acknowledge it, and we say, Jesus, I'm, I'm, I've strayed. I've run so far away. Bring me back. The injured or the wounded just simply need to be healed. Simply, right? <laughs> Simple for Jesus. And maybe you're wounded this morning by your sin or maybe by someone else's sin against you. Maybe you feel lame Maybe you feel shattered. You feel lonely. I learned recently, well, are there any shepherds in the, in the crowd? Actually, you have sheep, physical sheep. You have real sheep? Okay. You might be called to get one. I learned about this phenomenon in the shepherd world. And this is, I mean, I, I invest, when I heard this, I thought that can't be true. I investigated it. It's called the phenomenon of the bummer lamb. It's a strange phrase. I kept looking it up. I kept thinking there must be a better term for this. No, it's called the bummer lamb. Sometimes when a lamb is born, it's rejected by its mother. It's either like a runt or it's, it's, uh, it's weak or maybe it's um, disabled or crippled or maybe the mother just has too many lambs and so the mother can't care for it. And so what the mother, the you, will do to this bummer lamb is expel it. The mother will not allow it to feed. Sometimes the mother will try to smother it. She'll butt it into the fence. She'll kick it into the fence in an attempt to get rid of it or really to kill it. So picture this little lamb, this little bummer lamb, rejected by its mother. I read about a modern-day shepherd, actually it's a shepherdess, it's a woman, who described this one case, this is in the last couple of years. She's writing about this uh, bummer lamb. I'll just quote it. This little one was butted so hard that he hit the side of the barn. By now his head was hanging so low, I thought something was wrong with his neck, but I realized it was his spirit. It started shivering, clamped his mouth shut, and would not even lick the milk I offered to him. I knew he'd given up, but not the shepherd. The shepherd doesn't give up. 
So what a good shepherd does when they recognize the bummer lamb is they take the lamb from the flock and they, and, and they hold it in their arms. Have you ever been in a, a, a church with stained glass windows and you see the good shepherd image? There's Jesus with his sheep. And we always think, oh, that's the parable of going, you know, leaving the 99 and going get the one to bring back the lost. Many people will say, no, that's the bummer lamb. That's the bummer lamb. That's, <laughs> that's a bummer lamb. That's the one that Jesus is holding close to his heart. So they'll feed it from their own hand. And they'll sometimes let the, the lamb sleep on their own chest. So the lamb is no longer a bummer lamb. The lamb is called literally the shepherd's lamb. In fact, later on when the lamb is strong enough to be reintroduced to the flock, when the shepherd comes, shows up and calls, the first sheep to come is the shepherd's lamb. Because that lamb who was bummer and now becomes shepherd has heard the voice of the shepherd. It's been close to the heart of the shepherd. And so that's the one that comes first. Sometimes our extreme wound and our obvious need puts us in a place of extreme trust where we have no other choice but to say, good shepherd, pick me up. Good shepherd, feed me. Good shepherd, protect me. Good shepherd, hold me close to your chest. I want to hear your voice. Sometimes it hurts so badly we don't know what to do. And here's the good news for the wounded, for the bummer lambs among us. In Luke 4, Jesus says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free and to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Jesus, the good shepherd, came healing the sick, came raising the dead, came cleansing the lepers, came to drive out demons, declaring this is the time of God's favor. Jesus says, if I'm here, God's here. And if God's here, you're safe. You can be healed. You can be delivered. You can be set free. So this morning, receive the healing word of the shepherd king. He says, trust me. Let me hold you and let me feed you. Let me heal you and let me lift your head. Come to me and I will make you whole. Jesus says to that lamb, rise up and walk. And the response of those who are wounded, Jesus, I trust you to care for and protect me, to nurture me and to heal me. I mean, the response is, God, let me experience your love and your power because I need it desperately. The weak. The weak need to be strengthened. And maybe you feel weak today. You're not lost. You're not running. You're not wounded, or at least you've gotten some healing. I think we always walk with a little limp. We're always wounded in some way. But you feel weak. You're tired. Maybe it's because you haven't exercised. I mean, literally, you haven't exercised your gifts my mother-in-law has been in the hospital for a long time. The more she lays down, the weaker she gets. If you don't move, you lose it. And some of us are there. We're weak because we haven't moved, because we've been too afraid to exercise our gifts. We've been too nervous to put ourselves out there. We've been too afraid to take a risk. 
We're not tested. We're unsure. And so we hold back. And we need to be strengthened. And strengthening only comes with effort, tension, failure, and diligence. Effort, tension, can I do it, can I not? Failure, I can't. And diligence, let's try again. That's how God strengthens the sheep, by giving them exercise and leading them to healthy places. The first step in cooperating with God for your strengthening is to acknowledge your weakness. So for some of us who are feeling weak, the very first step, rather than, you know, 30 days to uh, strengthen spirituality, is just to acknowledge our weakness. Jesus, I'm really weak. I'm afraid. I haven't, I haven't been used by you. I'm afraid to step out. I don't know what to do. I just feel like I don't know how to act. Now here's the good news for the weak. Isaiah 40, 31. Those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will rise up on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. How do you get all that? Those who wait for the Lord. Those who sit before God and say, God, lead me. I don't want to go without you. I don't want to go ahead of you, and I don't want to lag behind. I just want to follow you, Jesus, so close. Hear your voice every time. Paul says in Philippians 4, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. The response of the weak is to acknowledge and accept the invitation, the call of the shepherd king. Isaiah 41, do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Can you picture the shepherd calling the sheep by name, strengthening it, holding it up, walking with it? In Acts 1.8, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Our response, Jesus, in my weakness, I submit to your plan for granting me strength. I will tell you out of personal experience and the experience of many others I've walked with, when you say, Jesus, I want you to strengthen me, Something happens. Something in heaven responds. When we're willing to acknowledge our weakness and we invite the strength of the Lord, I'll just say it doesn't always look like you might think it looks. But God will be near. So we say to God, fill me with your Holy Spirit and let your power be made manifest in my weakness. Maybe an important clarification the lost don't find themselves. They need to be found. And the strays that wander away don't normally just say, oh, what am I doing, and wander back. They need to be sought and brought back. The, the, the wounded don't heal themselves. They need to be healed. And the weak don't strengthen themselves. They need to be strengthened by God. Now, there's cooperation, right? Of course we cooperate. But if you go from this message thinking, I'm going to find myself, bring myself back, heal myself, and strengthen myself, just don't do it. <laughs> I think it's called pride or presumption. And what Jesus showed was humility and trust. And that's the way to walk. We can't do it ourselves. Now, as I love the quote from Mike Bickle, I, I, I mean, I've said like a thousand times a year, you know, God won't do our part, and, he, and we can't do his part. 
So there's a part that God comes after us and calls us back and brings his healing and his invitation to strength. But there's our response, which is probably more than willful, you know, human zeal, less, less of that and more of submission, more of a response of trust. We depend on God and his work by the Holy Spirit in our spirit and through God's people. So the question is, how is God inviting us to cooperate with him? What does submission to the Holy Spirit look like today? There are a lot of ministries in this church. I'm not saying we're a perfect church. You know, they say about a perfect church, if you find it, don't go to it because you'll screw it up. We're not a perfect church, but God's given us a gift. Specifically, I think a healing gift. And so if you find yourself in one of those categories, lost or stray, wounded or weak, all sorts of places for you to cooperate with God and his people in the midst of the church. And I won't list them all. Hit the QR code, you'll see them all. But they're sozo and healing things, prayer things, men's groups and women's groups. Lots of places to be ministered to and to give away. I mean, the way that the worship team ministers to us and leads us to God, the way that the artists do that, you know, come into a healing room on a Saturday morning and you see God at work. There is no one lost that can't be found. There is no one who's stray who can't be brought back. There's no one who's wounded who can't be healed. And there's no one who's weak who can't be strengthened by God. It's his promise and we're his people. Before we move into a time of ministry, there's another group of people here this morning. And what happens naturally in a message like this is you hear the four categories and you're saying, is that me? No. Is that me? No. Right? We're all doing that. We're trying to find ourselves in the midst of it. Some of us don't resonate with any of that. You think, well, I'm not lost. I've known Jesus for a long time. I'm I'm not strayed. I mean, I'm going after him. Here I am in church. I mean, I worship. I give myself away in some ways. I'm not so wounded that I can't move. I mean, I've experienced an incredible amount of healing. And actually, I know my gifts. And I don't feel weak. I feel like I'm out there. And I'm living in the the beautiful um, rest of Jesus, the good shepherd. Where you feel okay. Then here's the call of the shepherd king to you. What you've received, give it away. What you've gotten from God, give it to someone else. This morning in our prayer time uh, beforehand, uh, Nick brought this verse. We always start with, is there anything that God's inviting us into? Any encouragement? And Nick brought this uh, scripture from Acts chapter 3, where Peter and, uh, who's the other guy? Peter and his buddy. Bill, who's Peter and the? (laughs) Peter and a good friend who we all know but can't remember right now. Peter and John. I don't know. They go up to the temple and there's a lame man and the lame man's asking for money. He's asking for physical resources and Peter says, I don't have any silver or gold, but here's what I do have. I'll give it to you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And the man's healed. If you're in that place where you don't identify with all all those other things, you think I'm okay, then here's the, the call of God. Give it away. What you have found, give it away. It's amazing how often 
the place that God has healed you is the place that you get to minister to. Amazing. You'll think this is my weakest place. You submit to God. God brings healing and gives you gifts. And then he says, now go to the ones just like you and give it away. It's not always that way, but often. What God has given to you, he wants to give through you. So I'll just say it again. When you've experienced the love and the power of God, give it away to the world. Rise up. Take a, take a risk. Go out there. I um, am thirsty. When I was a little kid, uh, we used to play this game called Ghost in the Graveyard. Anybody play something like that? Oh, there's got a bunch of little kids over there saying, yeah. The premise is everybody hides and there's one looking for them. And when you find someone, that person becomes one that goes out seeking. So the goal is, I think, to be the last one found or something like that. But here's the idea that actually works for my message. Once you've been rescued, you're a part of the rescue party. Once you've been found, you're one of the finders. Once you've been healed, you're one of the healers. Once God's strengthened you, you go to strengthen others. What God's given you, you give away to the world. That's our calling. Let's stand. And I'd like to ask the ministry team to come forward, if you would, just across the front. Let me just take a minute or two to sort of make some invitations. And I'm not looking for hype or emotion, but if God's speaking to you, don't leave without taking his invitation. If God's telling you to do something, don't leave without doing it. Making a commitment, talking to someone, telling them about it, or coming up front and having someone pray for you, whatever your need might be. I trust that God has spoken to you this morning in some way, shape, or form. The Holy Spirit has prompted you. So I'd ask you to look to the shepherd king right now. My guess is some really identify with that bummer lamb thing. You just think, man, I, that feels like my life. And I really need that care, healing, the voice of the shepherd king. You feel abandoned. You feel abused. You feel rejected. Actually, you don't just feel them. You are abandoned. You have been. You have been abused. You have been neglected. But never by Jesus. Never by the shepherd who calls you to himself. Let's be honest. We're in a church in 2023. There are people here who have been wounded by the church. There are people here who have been really, really run over by, by bad shepherds, by selfish shepherds. I wouldn't be surprised if some of you feel that and it comes from our shepherding team. We're not perfect. If that's you, just two things I want to say. You've got to acknowledge the pain. You have to. And then you're invited into healing and then to forgive the one that wounded you. That's where freedom comes from. A lot of people come into our church. I will always ask, oh, where are you coming from? And sometimes I'll hear a story of pain from another place. And I very lovingly ask each time, have you dealt with all the wounds from the place you came? Because if you bring all of that here, it, you'll, it'll, it'll fester here too. I don't send them back into abuse. That's not the point. But they've got to deal with what happened. For that lamb to be reintroduced to the flock, it's got to be healed. It's got to be near the shepherd. It's got to come close.
So will you allow him this morning to pick you up and bring you back and heal your wounds and strengthen your weak places? I just ask as I'm praying, if any of that hits you, you want someone to pray for you, please come forward, talk to someone, let us pray for you. Turn to someone that you're here with and say, I I identify here. Go to your small group leader, come to a pastor or a leader that you trust and say, here's where I am, I'm lost, I need Jesus. I've run away and I want to come back, I don't know how to do it. I'm, I'm wounded and I don't know where to find healing. I'm weak and I just need to be strengthened. Jesus, good shepherd, thank you for your invitation to us. Thank you for your loving care. Jesus, thank you for your compassion. So touched by love that you move towards us. You come into our lives and you make them whole. And we ask for that this morning. In Jesus' name. If you want someone to pray for you, come on forward. As you leave, I want to just leave you with this benediction. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, may he encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. Amen.